Hey, what about me? I get to sound pretty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Why yeah, can't I sound pretty? Alright, everyone. Welcome to Babe Talk. Yay. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I, was, you, all right? I was looking at, I was looking at my, my headphones. <laughs> okay. I'm sure they were very interesting. <laughs> Tonight we have Troy of Castaways. Hi. I'm such an excited person. <laughs> very. Tonight, summoning in for Ashley Catawatters, we got <laughs> Alex. Hi. I'm actually Ashley. We have... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess we can have you take places with her. I knew Ashley was a catfish. <laughs> we have <laughs> Shannon. Hi. And, of course, we got my co-host, Eric. Hello. All right, so we start off the show every week by asking everybody how their day was. And this week we'll start with Shannon, because we haven't checked in with Shannon in a while. Okay. Uh, um, today was actually really boring. Um... Alright, well, I'm going to stop you right there. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I am excited because Real Friends, I know that you don't like Real Friends, but I like Real Friends. Um, Real Friends is Friday, but Have Mercy is also playing. And Have oh, Mercy yeah. is such a solid band. And I've only seen them once, and I actually didn't know who they were when I first saw them. Um, and the new album is just, oh, I'm so excited to see them live again. I, heard I that actually Monday have to listen to the I you heard know, that uh, Mudvayne is playing with uh, real friends. Oh wait, I mean cruel. I mean cruel hand. Cruel hand. Yeah, I don't. I still don't. Cruel understand. hand. I still don't understand. Cruel why. hand. Mudvayne. Same thing. Dad rock. Is it dad rock? I don't know who cruel oh, hand is. Cruel hand used to be like a hardcore band, but now they like got signed to Hopeless, and now they play like dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley yeah. said that I look like a cozy little nugget right now. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds offensive. That's it's, it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not offensive. <laughs> Alex, how was your day? Uh, well, basically, what I did all day was I got up at, like, 11-ish or so, um, and almost... You definitely like, washed whole... your hair. Yeah, I did. I asked him. I asked Alex when he ended, when he came in the room. Like Alex, you get a haircut? He's like, No, I didn't get a haircut. It was like, Yeah, no. I, I was. I was so upset about it. But uh, basically, what I did all day was I started right. writing stuff for the new Babe Talk website, which is going to be coming out in so January. excited. Yeah. yeah. So I'm making beautiful content for all the people out there, and hopefully you guys will like it, and I'm getting a head start on that, so, you know, I'm doing all that, so, yeah. That's what I'm doing with my, uh, that, that, that's what I did all day, basically, and now I'm here, so, yeah. All right, well, we're glad that, that you're here. At least I am. I don't know about the everyone else. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, Eric, what'd you do today? Well, as always, whenever we do these, it meant I didn't do anything but work that day, so I tell you about a different day. Uh, so, last Wednesday, which is yeah. a much more enjoyable Wednesday, uh, my band opened for Courage, My Love. Which oh, uh, yeah! I know them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're real cool. They um, walked into fun. the... Uh, say what? Courage, My Love is fun. Oh, yeah. Oh. They, we, we, uh, when we got to the venue at Load-In, couple hours before doors they were playing like you could just hear them playing this amazing acoustic set 
Like all mm -hmm. like three acoustic instruments, three vocals, sounded really cool. And they had like a semicircle of like twelve people sitting around them. And I guess it was like VIP people, like people who bought the tickets, very important people, people. They bought tickets ahead of time and got this special show. But I thought they were just like a cult. <laughs> it really looked like the Courage My Love cult. Yeah. It sounds like a great cult. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good tune. Courage My Love is a great band. I'm so bummed out that I did, missed them on Warp Tour this past year. I did too. I gotta ask, if you can find a time to see if they play any acoustic shows anywhere near you, the acoustic set was just unbelievably good. Unreal yeah. good. Really? The electric yeah, set was great, but the acoustic set blew it out of the water. Which yeah, cool. they're really talented. Yeah, well, hey, Troy. What up? What are you doing over there? Uh, well, it works today. I can tell you about making coffee for rich white people. <laughs> Looks like Please, you tell us all about it. Based on your surroundings, it looks like you make meth for poor white people. <laughs> well, you, you look like you're in the inside of the Breaking Bad camper. This, this, is, this is my kitchen. <laughs> my kitchen. That looks like a pre-traditional kitchen. What you yeah, think? I don't think... Outside my window across the street, you have the ghettos of Southern California, a.k.a. Cool. Downtown, downtown Long Beach. And, hmm. yeah. Let's see, what did I do? Oh, I can tell you about a really exciting Wednesday I had where someone threw a latte at me. Yes. Oh, seriously? I would actually so, love to hear that. So actually, this was Monday. This was this week. Uh, this woman comes into our store, and she goes, oh, do you guys have any Hanukkah cups? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> Starbucks, we only have Christmas cups. And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. And she gets a tall latte, and she got really pissed off that we didn't have other holiday cups. And she throws the latte at us. And we had to call the cops, and it just was like, you should. So just... she got so upset that you didn't celebrate any other holiday besides Christmas in Starbucks that she ordered a latte purposely just to throw at you. you, well, you that's like a four or five dollar drink. Like as she was leaving, someone looked at her and said, "Hey, happy Kwanzaa." <laughs> you should have pulled out the Christmas cup and just spun it while you poured your drink. <laughs> It was it was fun. It was exciting. <laughs> oh, Did she come back for like seven seven more times? <laughs> I wish. I was so done. That's it. I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. You okay. should put lamb's blood on the entrance of your of your <laughs> coffee shop, so maybe she'll pass it over the next time. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually very I'm actually proud of you that you pulled out like very authentic. <laughs> Very, well, very. My, my kids are gonna be Jewish, so it's okay. Are they really? <laughs> yeah, the, if the mom's Jewish, the kids are Jewish. That's how culturally it works. Yeah. Oh, so, so you had to like sit through. Is it like the same thing? Like kids that have to sit through, like CCCD? I think it's called. Yeah, what? like in Hebrew school. Fuck yeah, catechism school. And what? Fuck catechism school. <laughs> catechism. I was Catholic high school, so I didn't need none of that CCD crap. <laughs> oh man, you must have had fun. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. like, yeah. Like, like, what's probably like one of the worst things that you could say happened to you at, at um Christian High? I was listening to Avenged Sevenfold very loudly through my fifteen-year-old <laughs> headphones, and a teacher walked up to me and told me that I was going to hell for listening to such <laughs> satanic devil music. <laughs> 
You should have listened uh, to Attack Attack. And then be like, this is I, Christian music. I think the next time I walked into her classroom, I was listening to Memphis Mayfire. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know. I was like, oh, excuse me, this is Christian. Uh, sorry. Uh, is, it, is Memphis Mayfire Christian? I, 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 I think so. Uh, Maddie Mullins. Statistically, has, maybe. Maddie Mullins, his, his like, solo album is like pretty Christian. Yeah, okay. I really? I was, see, I, I never understood like Christian heavy metal bands or Christian bands. Like the only one that actually like demonstrated some form of like Christianity in their songs was a uh, Flyleaf. When their new album, he literally had like a <laughs> really bringing it back. Yeah, I think I no, that was the song. It was um. The one song that she was just like, oh, praise, like, going to him. And that was, like, one of the only songs that, like, legit, straight up was, like, Christ love, love Christ. But, like, everything else, like, the, the, the Devil Wears Prada, I don't think I ever remember that. There are actually like, some, like, like, I think that personally, like, when it comes to heavy music, for some reason, like, a lot of, if the heavier music is made by, like, a Christian band, for some reason, it, it's, it, it's better. And I have no idea why. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, you have bands, like... Mouth of the South, or like, I don't know. Uh, Mouth those... of the South, that's a band. <laughs> yeah, those who fear, like, <laughs> like, like all the bands are like face down, which, which is just like these like really like sludgy like, sort of hardcore metal thing bands. Wait, just, Troy, like... I, th I think you were gonna say say something. What were you gonna say? As shitty of a human being as the dude in Four Today is, I could jam Four Today twenty four seven for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Break like, the cycle. Take the vocals out. Put another one in, and they're like the best band that ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably because like they actually have Jesus behind them as to why they probably sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I mean, that would that would make sense. Sleeping yeah, Giant like, too is like that. Nah, bro. Play six here. Don't play five. <laughs> Oh, you did that joke didn't get the laughs it deserved. That was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, you know they have Jesus on their side. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, if, whatever you have Christ behind you, you can't. <laughs> you can't lose. But it's like it's like when you got when you got a football game, and one team's like, yeah, well, well, we're praying to God that He's gonna support us and win this game, and the other team's like, well, we're gonna pray to God and He's gonna support us to win this game. It's like, God's a really good gambler, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you just play them both. <laughs> That's Tim Tebow. God's always behind him. Absolutely. Actually, I don't know. I haven't kept up with, with, with Tebow. Actually. We, we can actually check it with Eric from, from the sports report. Bro. Tebow, Tebow would always win in the fourth quarter, so maybe he was the one who was behind. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah? Really? Tro <laughs> Troy, did you like that joke, a latte? <laughs> Oh God, no! Oh, God. That was so See, I'm, awful. I'm, I'm, just, I'm still on my muting band, so I can't mute anybody. Oh really? You guys are Dude. gonna have to. Thank you. It's gonna be broken to tonight. What? Oh, that's funny. I mean, not my joke. The back. I'm really dead. I mean, like, I can't. I, I can't even. Oh God, hot topic had gotten um. I can't even buttons. And I want and I want to die. <laughs> like, you look, like, I, you look I, ill. I. I, I I literally forgot like how bad it was. Like I love Hot Topic. I love working for the company. But then like I, excuse me, I take a look at so, some of the things that we have in stock, and I'm like, boy, these kids are, are really successing. 
successing successors in their lifestyle. Successor accessors. You know, successful successors in their lifestyle. Hot topic makes the oh, best available. Yeah. So, I was actually looking at some of the um, stuff that we've been getting in, and a lot of kids in the Defend Pop Punk group have been shouting that that Hot Topic has been stealing a lot of uh, like Tumblr edits and just putting them on shirts. Really? Yeah, I, I, I've Shocker. seen. I've seen like one or two. I forget the bands, but they look like straight up to Tumblr edits. And I support, support stealing from like, Tumblr. I agree with Alex. I support stealing from Tumblr all day long. Anything what? that makes Tumblr fangirls upset is okay in my book. <laughs> you stole my edit. I should have watermarked it. I should have watermarked. You should. That <laughs> you probably should. Stuff stolen. You watermark yeah, it. Th th that is a good point. You should watermark it so that the bands can come and kill you when you're trying to make money off of them. Right. <laughs> but see, it's, I know it's... so many bands who just use people's photos and don't even credit them, and they'll crop out their watermark. Oh, yeah. That's a thing, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like the actual band's doing that. I'm like, it takes two seconds to, like, give someone credit. Cough, cough. Like... Red apparatus, cough, cough. <laughs> and I don't oh, know yeah, I remember that. End up, like, doing that because people take pictures... For them, I mean, granted, it yeah. might go to their their portfolio, but it, it's like without Ben, we would have had them. And it's like, hi, I took a really awesome picture for you. Here you go. And they're just like, oh, thank you. Hey guys, look at the picture we just magically got in our hands. <laughs> no one took this. God took it. God. <laughs> it's God. like for today. Jesus takes all their pictures. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now ripping on for today the whole time. <laughs> Guys, for the last time, I'm not Jesus. I just work as a photographer for Pitchfork. <laughs> Stop calling me Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, man. So, speaking of, I guess we can transition this, of stealing from, from bands, because I've seen quite a few arguments about this. We're going to jump into our first topic. Jubilee. Wait. I'm completely frozen. I, I don't put on a sweater. No, 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 no! Like my. <laughs> <laughs> I need an air horn. I mean, if you can still hear me, I'm just gonna keep on going. Just like every time keep Eric on. makes punches, like ba ba ba. That was great. <laughs> Let me see if I can if I can hide from broadcast. No. I think it's my. I think it's my. I think it's my laptop. Show and broadcast. Well, at least you're smiling, so that's good. Sort of. Well, you're smiling in the, the thumbnail, so. Well, sort of. It's sort of like a half smile, half like. This is a good topic. Good first topic. <laughs> good yeah. first. How to fix Shana's computer? <laughs> I can't even. Oh, she dropped out the. Sh oh, oh, okay. She'll well, be back. Ripping these. <laughs> I love how Eric is just like, yeah, she'll she'll fucking come back. They'll come back. They always come back. So she'll be back. Every show we have at least one person that that drops you know. out. Yeah, it's it's either it, it's weirdest thing. Google just doesn't let like me. Like oh, today I had problems with the uh, email. I thought I had actually set it up correctly, but because I know nothing about like websites and web pages, <laughs> I, I had there. the email set up and just no emails are being sent out to anyone, and everything was getting a permanent failure. And I had one of the writers that we're going to hopefully bring on to the 
to the staff of Babe Talk. I'm like, email me. He's like, all right, I'll email you. And then he goes, I can't email you. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's an issue. That's a lot of sass. Lot of sass oh, well, well, that's an issue. <laughs> well, that's an issue. And then I went to go t- take a look, and apparently I had to fuck things up because, oh. you know, I do. Because technology. Because, well, it's never really because the internet. It's, it's my fault because I just can't ever do anything correctly. But let's not talk about my flaws and issues because we can talk about it all night. Shanna's back, so let's talk babe talk. Her, we can talk her, about Jubilee's issues. Yay! I don't know what just happened, so... <laughs> Let's talk Whatever. about Jubilee's issues. Now, this might not be an issue. This actually seems like it's a pretty cool idea. Um, okay. What Jubilee is going to end up doing is they're going to make a iOS and Android application that you will be able to sign up for, much like Spotify will charge you monthly uh, $25 for unlimited concerts. They're working with a small few uh, small clubs. Um, a select number of shows per club. It's not going to be every show at every club. And you will be able to just say, hey, I want to fucking go and you can go over to the show and they'll put you on the guest list even though you're just on a you know a jubilee list um and you can attend shows now there are other kids saying that it's going to fuck with the um how artists get paid as far as their um door sales or their their gig guarantees or split it or whatever have you per club and some other kids are like nah it's, this is for the fans by the fans it's not really going to be up to the artists and the artists know what they're getting into. And I wanted to know what everyone's opinion of the new unlimited concert deal was for you guys. So um okay, I can start this. Um so I mean depending I mean with Live Nation, like I feel like they would just put the really shitty shows on there, the, the that aren't selling well, and it's like get people in or sell really poorly anyways. So it's like, you know, Shows like Man Overboard aren't actually Man Overboard isn't selling really well. Um, but like shows like Man Overboard and Modern Baseball wouldn't be put on there. And those are the shows people are going to want to go to anyway. So I think it really it depends on the venue that's doing it because it really I feel like the shows aren't gonna be as quality as like fans think it's going to be. Now what's interesting is that they're gonna start rolling out this application in Man, uh, it's going to be in Brooklyn and New York City. So I guess the other six <laughs> boroughs are now just wrapped up. <laughs> I heard Webster Hall was going to do it. Oh, absolutely. Of course they would, because they they would have to. But yeah, because I, I I don't know like the New York scene no. as much. Uh, Troy, you were saying? Chain reaction safe for now. <laughs> absolutely. Well, for it's now. it's going in in New York. It's definitely going to be rolling out in the bigger cities. I'm seeing it happening in probably L.A., Austin. Florida, well, not probably not Florida, but um, and of course New York, but yeah, maybe like Austin too or something. Yeah, yeah. Alex, what, what's your take on this? Um, well, I posted about this in the Defend Power Punk group, and my opinion on this is that I think that it could be a good thing, but also I think that the way that the music industry is at this point in time is it feels like we sort of bend too much to like the music listener at, or the showgoers and i mean that makes sense because obviously they're the one who's who you know who are consuming the product they're the ones you know if it's more affordable to them if it's you know if, if it's easier for them to you know do whatever they need to do to you know get the content to them then obviously you know they'll go ahead and do that but if uh there is like 
trying to think of exactly what I was going to say. I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, if, like, jeez. Oh, I had what I was going to say. I had what I was going to say, and then I lost it again. Well, I'll ask Troy. I'll, I'll come back to you, Alex. I, right. I know you'll, you'll get it back. But, Troy, what what do you think, especially as a musician, how do you think this is going to pan out? Do you think that you guys are going to end up getting, like, fucked over, or do you think it's still going to work out well for the um, audience? Right now, we're, we're still at the, like, pre-sale level in Southern California, which is a huge problem because we already have enough trouble getting people to come out to shows. But... I don't – I'm kind of indifferent on it because hmm. as as a marketing person, I'm like, hey, this is a great fucking idea. You're going to get people out to shows nobody would have gone to in the first place. And as a musician, I'm like, shit, this is going to fuck with my guarantee. Depending on the guarantee, though. I mean, some guarantee no matter what they bring into the show, they're getting their money. But um, if they do certain guarantees where they get a certain percentage and then they get 90% of – the ticket afterward, there's, like, so many deals that artists do at this point that yeah. only some of them it'll yeah. fuck with. No, I'd have to see it implemented here. Yeah. We have we have our venues that are, like, we have the Observatory and Chain Reaction, and there's a new one in Riverside called Clash City that we play at a lot, and I don't see Clash or Chain Reaction ever doing this, but I can definitely see the Observatory doing it. Can you see House of Blues doing it? Absolutely not. Okay. Just from what I know from how House of Blues, like, Anaheim operates, I could never see them going for this. Yeah, that's because they, they're Live Nation. Yeah, and we do a lot of free shows at House of Blues Anaheim, and it's, like, it's a huge deal for, like, bands to be able to go play that stage, and there's always, like, 200, 250 kids at those shows. I was there on one of those shows. Sorry. Was it one of the pirate shows? Yeah. Do you know it's only a story? I do. I'm friends with... Um, I'm so important. Oh, you <laughs> No, I'm friends uh, with a couple of them. Yeah, I don't I don't see House of Blues ever doing this. Yeah. Kirk, what's, what's your take on it? You, you seem kind of stoic. Yeah, yeah, well, I always do that. I just have permanent asshole face. <laughs> the, uh, I love you, the baby. Way I, the way I look at it, because there aren't... Unless I'm missing a couple of articles... Everything I've read about it, it's still very vague and kind of up in the air exactly how it's going to operate. Uh, mm-hmm. But from what I can tell, no venue who's going to do this is going to cut out ticket sale, individual, like private ticket sales completely or at all. So what it ends up being is it's it's a new, um, I guess like it's a new avenue of, of getting people to the shows, new avenue of people buying tickets. Now where I see a major upside in that, as Troy was saying, you can get kids to come out to shows that they weren't necessarily going to go to in the first place as it's more of a package deal, this thing, I don't have anything else to do on Friday night, why don't I look at the, browse this list of shows I can go to, essentially, for free, because that's what it feels like after you've paid the money. Downside being, anytime you incorporate a new service in, because it's not like they're getting rid of selling tickets, they're going, this is just a new service, you, that's another hand in the pot of money. That's another service charge, that's another fee, that's another group of people they have to hire to maintain it. Um, in some way, shape, or form, they're going to have to add more work to somebody's plate or add more employees uh, for just to handle all that. Therefore, uh, you end up having another hand in that 
pile of money at the end of the day that would go to bands, promoter, venue, sound engineer, whatever it is. And so this is just, to me, this is, as far as bands are concerned, this is another service fee like Ticketmaster, but for the bands. Yeah. However, if you're going to get more people to see your band, it might be worth it oh, to you anyway. Like, what cut of the tickets are you getting anyway at these shows that are either pre-sales or whatever? Exactly. Um, yeah. And and that's where I, I learned from my friend Sean, who was on the show before in uh, Millhouse. Um, he markets really well. And, and his, um, I don't want to say vision, but, but, but the way that he tours it's like he knows that most likely they're not going to make money on tour period like they're not they're, they're going to do tours they're going to play these uh, clubs these venues these these bars and they're not going to pay out you know like so much money like at the end of the day we're, we're putting out money to pretty much self-market ourselves and I do think that as Shana was saying and then like you see as a shitty band would just be like a band that no one has really heard of just yet and this would be a fantastic new marketing for these up-and-coming bands that don't have the pull to bring out like so many kids to their shows, and I think this actually might end up um, helping the up-and-coming bands because because uh, again we're not going to see you know the modern ba baseball show that's going to be on Jukely like hey you want to go see fucking modern baseball? Well, if they have to fill if they have to fill the last thirty seats, then I might throw it up there as kind yeah, of like a bonus. Well, I'm oh, speaking of. Speaking of modern baseball and ticket sales, today, it hasn't been announced. It's been announced on the venue that it got switched to, but it still hasn't been announced in the original venue. Like, months ago, I bought my tickets to modern baseball's headlining show at a place called the Fillmore in D.C., yeah. which is a gigantic venue. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'll get to watch them in an almost empty Fillmore because there's zero chance they're filling this place. It's What's the capacity? Uh, I don't have a number offhand, but like, it's like... Um, 2000, right? So some yeah something up like more than fourteen hundred less than three thousand somewhere in there. I don't want to say a number and be like three hundred off <laughs> and just reveal how bad I am at judging spaces, but it's 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 a lot. Um, and based on the other bands that play there, it's not like this is a venue that like Yellow Card doesn't sell out. I just saw Streetlight oh, Manifesto okay. almost sell it out, and we're one of their Ooh. biggest markets. Ooh, yeah, um, like, and so Washington and Briska, yeah. Yeah. So oh yeah. And so uh, so it ended up uh, today. I got an invite by like somebody I knew. Oh, by Caitlin. Caitlin Drummond sends me yeah. an invite to oh. Modern Baseball at uh, Baltimore Soundstage. I was like, oh sweet, they're playing two shows on the same tour. And it's like, nope, same date as the tour I already bought. <laughs> so I go on yeah. the website and I guess it just got switched to a venue. It's like 400 capacity now. From, oh, they they yeah. did make that announcement. I don't want to steal your thunder, but they did. Oh no, that's cool. I, I just I I was I was pooping and I was on my phone and I saw it, so I didn't really go back and check. But <laughs> I was pooping. Hey, everybody! Everybody does that. Everybody thing. poops. It's in a book. I, it. It, it, everybody, oh, you're gonna get that for 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 your girl. My girl. Yeah. Your girl got you this book. <laughs> is is that how you're gonna talk to your child? What are you, a baby? No, <laughs> read. I got you this book. I, I shit. Shit. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm actually, I'm actually just gonna mouth words to my infant child, not say have any volume, and then behind my back I'll have like uh, speakers playing Kanye West interviews, and so I'll just like strategically pick Kanye quotes and raise the the raise like Kanye raised the baby. Hey, girl, I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm the best shitter in this house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easy raised me. 
Kanye West did is literally going. Oh my gosh. Wow, that's genius. How to raise children, 101. How did you. Oh my god. How'd you, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you get you? toilet trained? Easy time. <laughs> How'd you learn to tie your shoes? Yeezy taught me. I can't even. Does, that, does everyone know what, what that is, what that reference is? I know Ollie does, because he made it. But if you don't, there's a six-minute like interlude on a Kanye West song where, and it's actually really beautiful oh, and sad and poignant, um, where like Chris he's talking about He's talking about getting cheated on. Yeah, Chris Rock. He's getting talking about getting cheated on, and like how his girlfriend accidentally like called him, and it he picked up and and she like butt dialed him, and like he hears her and the guy she's cheating with, like and her him just being like, and it's all Chris Rock is doing all these voices, and he's just like, and he's like, how'd you learn to fuck so good? Easy talk. Same easy taught me like every time, and and he's just like easy, and like at the end of he's just like, well, damn, I'm better than me. I love when I love when he's like, I'm gonna buy his album. I'm a shoot a bootlegger. Shoot a bootlegger. Oh man! Oh, I need to share this video later. Oh, this is the wrong podcast to talk about this, but it's fantastic. And actually, for the record, I do agree with Eric with all the Jubilee stuff. It's... Wait, which thing? The, the whatever we were talking about before, I just wanted to sort of make that point before, oh, okay. you know, before we change topics that you totally oh, changed my mind on, uh, on so, all that. So yeah. yeah. I, oh I wait, totally wait, no, 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 we will not be talking about <laughs> Blumpkin Spice Latte. Oh man, what a bummer! Yeah, exactly, a bummer. Yeah, is it a bummer? Here, you know it here. All right. I'm gonna I, didn't make that joke. I didn't mean to make that joke. No, no, no. This, I'll, I'll give you guys this... ten minutes. You, you, you can discuss it. I'll just let it happen. I don't is this... Blumpkins. Is this Blumpkin Latte kosher? Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm just going to throw it right in your face. Right on your chest. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think oh, it comes in Monica cups. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my boy. God. We're not. We're not. No, sorry. No. <laughs> Who taught you how to make a this, pumpkin this isn't spice? Gonna be, this isn't going to be the Blumpkin episode. <laughs> we're saving that for another day. That's Eric, Babe Talk okay. After Dark. <laughs> babe Talk After Dark. When the lights go out. Technically, it's After Dark. Oh, the bowels get loose. Oh, God. Ollie comes out wearing, like, some lingerie. It's like... No, no. It's underneath the camera. <laughs> It's Nothing. Babe Talk After Dark. <laughs> Dude, Nothing. last time I was on Babe Talk, I had a blankie around my waist the whole time. <laughs> like, a blankie? Yeah. Like my dinosaur blankie. It's awesome. Eric, how old are you again? Uh, 28. Yeah. You sure? I hope not. <laughs> dinosaur <laughs> blankie. Yeah, like, oh, my jeans. Dinosaur yeah. blankie. Oh, is that a cat? Oh, it's a cat. I have my cat. Your cat is a lot less camera shy than my cat's. Oh, well, what's cat's name? Don't say Blumpkin. It, it's Oliver. <laughs> oh! Oh! Look at that cat back on camera. <laughs> From Oliver so and Company? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's the best goddamn Disney movie to ever be made. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I disagree. Why should I worry? Well, 
Big Hero 6 is, like, up there. I didn't like Big Hero 6. I didn't describe, like, a little bitch during that movie. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I liked, uh, what's his face? The, the dude who, like, Scott Addis played, the robot. What, I Baymax? liked his character. Yeah, Baymax. I like I liked his character, but like I, I I don't know. I mean I just didn't really like a lot of the other supporting characters. Like I felt like like they didn't really do much. Support you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they they didn't really do what they were supposed to do. They just kinda were like, Oh, we're here, we're you know, the stereotypical support people. We're here to support you. I mean, it's a it. Disney movie, though. So, what were you expecting? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're you're ranking it like. like oh no, no! I mean, it's Disney award-winning. Yeah, you're I okay. Like that Fallout had a song on it. That's all I got. No, no Fallout. A lot of kid, a lot of kid jokes in it. Just wasn't for me. Not age appropriate. <laughs> Not age. <laughs> and and you know what? What's up with that animation? Like, we're real people. Like, why are we watching cartoons? <laughs> well, Eric, oh, they, Eric I know you have a favorite. What What would be your favorite D D Disney movie? I know you have one. Uh, uh the Robin Hood movie where he's a fox. Ah, oh, see. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the oldest Disney movie I think without overt racism. So I feel like <laughs> any further on, it gets pretty bad. No, you're thinking of Jungle Book, and it is the most racist thing. That's very racist. No, Dumbo is the most racist one. Are you kidding? Oh, no, nope. Song, Song of the South. Song of the well, South. Song of the South, yeah. Wait, Song of the South is the most racist thing ever released by anyone. My, yeah. My... What's the movie that Splash Mountain is based on? Uh, Burning Mississippi. Oh. Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, and it's Mississippi burning. You I know, I know, I, I got so, well, so when we said, we were talking about racist Disney movies, I was like, I, I gotta do, make that reference and call it a Disney movie, <laughs> and then that was the next best shot I was gonna get, I got too excited. <laughs> you overshot. I really did. <laughs> oh, Dumbo, in my opinion, was like the most racist one, without being oblivious with Song of the South. Because, come on, where where would you ever find Happy Slaves? A. Uh, I don't well, think I even remember Dumbo. Dumbo, oh please, Dumbo. I actually was, don't really either. I remember what it is, but yeah. I, I just remember Dumbo was really scary. Yeah, Dumbo no, was, no, that was, was Operation Dumbo it. Drop. I watched <laughs> it with <laughs> my with my nephew maybe about like a few months ago. No, I think it was actually a few like years ago, and Dumbo gets dropped by, by the stork, right? Um, like, okay. shit happens between Dumbo, totally forget, Dumbo gets drunk with, like, Timothy, um, T T Timothy Mouse, for whatever yeah. reason, and, like, one of the main supporting ca characters were the, um, crows. Oh, that were, oh that that's like, right. Yes. Yeah, crows. yeah, that's why that's right. I had never seen a fly. That's like, oh, so insane. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Like, oh shit! Yeah, I forgot like, that like, they were kids. We're all singing along. We're just like, when I see an elephant fly, and then I got older, and I'm like, when I see, oh, oh shit! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, that, that's messed up. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, holy hell! But anyway, so. What? How about them blumpkins? Oh my god! Are you currently drinking Starbucks? I am. Are, do you work at Starbucks? Is that your coffee shop? 
Is it yeah. in a uh, yeah. is it in a Christmas cup or a Hanukkah cup? It's in a normal cup. It's in a normal cup. Seems to be atheist cup, a godless heathen cup. Heathen cup. Fun things. Oh god. Oh look at your little Starbucks card. I actually have a gold gold card from like two years ago. Do you have a hundred different cups in your store too? Oh, there you go. Yeah, see, yeah. No, we just have the one. Oh. Christmas cup. Fun. We oh we have all those dot collection cups, but they're really. Spotty. Yeah. Spoppy? Fun fact. Spoppy. Cannot put it on the bottom shelf of your dishwasher. Spoppy. Spoppy. Can I make that a word? Sorry, I'm having a stroke. (laughs) 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 I think we should make it a word. Spoppy. Spoppy. I'm actually going to write that down next to splur, and there was another word I had. Splur. (laughs) Splur? Word splur. Yeah, splur is, is, is the mistaking of words and not being able to sentence. Not being able to what? Not being able to speak a sentence. What's the other word I had in here? I can't find it. Uh, Ashley knows. Ashley keeps track of the secondary dictionary for me. Anyway, so, um, fucking second topic is what we're going to do. <laughs> that's, that's how we're going to transition. Fucking second, um... So I I was I was thinking about Warp Tour the other day, and I I'm still trying to figure out if there's still a stigma that goes alongside of it. Only because a lot of my friends were talking about a lot of other like they were saying they were having fun at um at fest in Florida, and like there were kids that were like like you know having a grand old fucking time over at Fun 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 Fest. Fun, fun, fun fest? Yeah, fun, fun, fun fest. I'm pretty sure it is in Texas. And fun, yeah, it's like in Houston. I'm looking forward to though. Yeah, there was fun, fun, fun fest. There's South by Southwest. Like, there, are like there, there are like a lot of festivals that are just like, in yeah, my there's opinion. A, there, there's there's like, Firefly in Delaware. There's Firefly. Like, mm-hmm. There's Dancers. Coachella. Bonnaroo. Like, there are, like, a lot of other fe- festivals. Yeah, and but they're to... festivals. They're not tours. The thing is, is yeah. Warp Tour brought a tour and a festival together as one. But yeah. but as far as I've been hearing, a lot of my, my friends haven't been looking forward to going to these. Like, a lot of my friends have been looking forward to flying out to these other festivals that are in other places instead of waiting for one tour to come around right. their area and to have fun in that like we all used to high school. Well, now, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if whether we're all just growing too old for Warp Tour, or whether Warp Tour is just slowly losing its thunder. I think Warp Tour is losing its thunder. Now, why would you say that Warp Tour is losing your, th- your thunder? We'll, we'll, we'll take turns with this one, because I'm mad, because this is actually another discussion point that I want to have. Shanda, you can start us off. I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's still doing well, and but because of the younger kids... Aren't as where did Eric go? Oh, okay. Um, Eric, I got mad and walked off the set. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to blow my nose and I didn't want to. Um, no, but like I, like my boss legitimately, literally told me that I'm forever a warp tour kid. Like she said that to me. Um, and and I still want to go, but I'm not as excited about it, and I don't see younger kids being as excited as I was, and that's the thing. It's fine. If we're getting old, like, that happens. Sucks to suck, but, you know, um, we are getting old. But if the 13, 14, and 15-year-olds don't want to go, 
then it's losing steam. Like, it just is. And I don't know if it's they're not, it's because, like, our scene isn't growing as much as it should be, or they're not targeting the right people, or people are getting pissed to the point that they don't even want to attend Warped Tour because it's certain, I mean, Warped Tour is not punk anymore. Like, flogging Molly and no effects are on Warped Tour all the time anymore. And that's how it started. And now, like, what was it, 2009, Blood on the Dance Floor and Jeffree Star was on it. Oh. Like, <laughs> Katy Perry was on Warp Tour. What? Katy Perry was on Warp Tour. That's awesome. We, Eminem was on Warp Tour also. That's true, yeah. So, like, they've always done something different, and I think people didn't care that... I don't, I don't know. I literally can't even come up with a good excuse or reasoning. You really can't even? I can't even. <laughs> Now, Alex, why why do you think that? Or what's what's your take on? Well, my take is that I, I I I sort of am somewhat in the middle where I can't really like make up my mind whether or not we're getting too old or you know Warp Tour is losing its steam because I'm still very excited for Warp Tour, especially this year because I think there's going to be a really good lineup this year. Like I heard rumblings that maybe like metro station is gonna be playing and oh, my yeah. inner neon pop self is so excited Five seconds so I'm, gonna to start hear, gonna I'm gonna hear kelsey live and like the new ep that they dropped is like pretty good too but uh i know one fan that's confirmed oh but you can't say drop it in the chat oh, it's not as exciting as you would think oh yeah but uh I think that with Warp Tour oh, is, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I told you it wasn't exciting. There are, <laughs> there are bands that I think play Warp Tour and then you know get bigger, and I think it is still a valuable like stepping point for bands to you know get get bigger. Like I think that Warp Tour is sort of in a funny place because you know. Like, I mean, you got bands like Echo Smith, and yes, I did read what Tony had to say. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's like, I'm so very excited for, for a Warp Tour. I'm a beacon of positivity. But yeah, you know, you still got your bands like, you know, Echo Smith. Like, Echo Smith was on Warp Tour this past year, and now, like... They're on Target! They're in Target! Well... Yeah, yeah and I hear and, and I hear uh, cool kids all the time at my work. And yeah, I work I at a pet that. store, so I hear every time it, like, comes on, like, you know, whatever, Top 40 radio. I know that's the record, though, so... Yeah, I think that, like... Well, I mean, they, they, they I think they did catch, catch a lot of, like, you know, uh, popularity through, like, you know, Warped Tour. Like, I saw a lot of people saying, oh... Echo Smith, blah blah blah. Yeah, like, I, I I do think that it was it was good and beneficial for them, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Warp Tour is like a bad thing. I just yeah think, yeah I I, I no, think yeah. that I mean but, I just think people are more excited about other things. Right, I think like, that if if they like, want to target like you know the fourteen and fifteen year olds, they sort of have to like you know reach into their pockets and you know make sure they get you know bands like you know. Sleeping with Sirens and Pierce the Veil and you know, and Black Veil Brides and stuff. Like, like I feel like they have to get like those like main like sort of core of bands that like you know, 
all the teenage but girls. Then I'm they, they, they have to, they they, have their to parents. Graphic, basically, just, like, the, basically, those core bands can like practically name their price because without them, you know, Warped Tour is, is in some serious trouble because because if they want to keep you know a new generation of people coming to Warped Tour and stuff like that, they're gonna need. Uh, you know. Yeah, Ashley's right. Echo Smith was also on 2013 Warp Tour. She just put, put it in the chat. Now, Troy, what would be, be your opinion on whether we're we're dropping out as kids or Warp Tour is dropping out in popularity? We're getting too old. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, okay. That's just it. No, nothing that's, else. That's, we're that's too old. Personally, like, what I see is everyone that's like, oh, scene's dead. Why are you still scene? Scene's not dead. We just grew out of it. Hmm. Like, yeah, like I mean, you got you got all the scene kids that are now you know like pop punk kids. So where I'm from, like Southern California, scene is very much alive and it very much will not go away as much as we try to make it go away. And you know these kids spend those kids are the kids that spend money. Like we sell shirts, and nine times out of ten, when we sell one, it's to a scene kid. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yeah, I didn't get it, but like I, I get it now. Like they're as they're getting older into, like, their middle teenage years, they're, like, discovering this music and coming into it, and we're kind of going out and finding other things that are more mature-sounding. What's the, So what's next for us? Tell, tell me, what's next? I can tell you because I've seen it, like, three times over. Now, before we jump into Eric, because yeah. I have well, a historical perspective. I do have a point to make also about it because I do remember totally – what I wanted to say about, uh, you know, Blumpkins. Well, no, not not about Blumpkins, but about like the way that. Oh, geez, I just can't speak tonight for whatever reason. Because <laughs> you're getting a Blumpkin. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. No. I, I I had a question, Troy. How old are you? Twenty. All right, and Alex, you're you're twenty as well, right? Twenty, yeah. Yeah, and Shannon, you're twenty-two, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Eric, you've actually have seen warped from. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure if if my math is serving me correctly, you were around when warped first got off the ground. No, no, no. well, I I fucking wish. No, that's uh, when did it start? Late night, mid midnight. Twenty twenty years ago. So twenty. Twenty years ago. I've yeah. been to I the last thirteen. So uh, it had still oh. been about. Yeah, seven years in, like, um, it definitely, like, when I started, it wasn't, when I first went, there were still, like, you know, eight stages. Like, it was at that point. It wasn't, oh, like, in those early years. Did you get to see Fall um, I saw Fall Boy when they did, um, not the the year you want to see them. I saw them the year they uh, put out Cork Tree, like, that summer. I didn't yeah. see them the year before when, like, stages were breaking because their fans were just there playing on tiny stages. My mom wouldn't let me go. I did I did see Fall Out Boy play <laughs> at a, uh, I did see Fall Out Boy play at a 200-capacity venue, though, opening for local bands. Uh, my uh, life. The story of my, my life, my mother wouldn't let me go. <laughs> so, so Mommy, why do you hate me? I have, so, a good, I have a good story after Eric, sorry. So, everything with like alternative music especially is very cyclical and i think that has especially anything with with punk and metal and like more aggressive music and i think the reason for that is the um i think it can be enjoyed by all ages but those genres tend to be tend to gravitate towards young like younger like you know 
whatever, 12 to 12 to 16 is a huge demographic for punk and metal type genres. So what ends up happening is Warp Tour, it's alternative music focusing in those things, and you end up getting, um, so you end up getting uh, kids who get older, and they are no longer into whether the genres, the bands, or even the idea of going to an all-day festival. Because it's more like, like, Warp Tour is kind of, it's like, it's a festival light. You get to go, it's all day, but you don't have to camp, sleep over. Mm. You, you can go to, like, whatever, you go home at the end of the day. You don't have to fly somewhere, spend four days, da-da-da. So what ends up happening is you get people who are pretty young going to want to go to Warp Tour, or when Lollapalooza was still touring, because that was another touring festival, you go to that all-day festival. And there's various other all-day festivals yeah. you go to, because you don't, you don't have the money or the time, uh, if you're, especially if you're in high school, uh, to go f or money for college to go fly across the country, go to this, nothing is provided for you and then fly back. So I think what ends up happening is once you get later college and early twenties, you or mid twenties, you end up maybe getting out of that type of music. Or even if you still like that type of music, you're more inclined to go, I'm going to take some days off work, fly for four days and just party four days straight and then come back, and that's my that's my big trip for the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. Then you get older, and you get my age, and you have a career and a family and a mortgage and whatever. And so you and so you end up being like, I want to go to an all day festival again because I I don't want to I gotta go to work the next day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take off too much of my vacation time to do something like that. I wanna I have respond I have pets and other responsibilities at my house. <laughs> So you end up kind of like yeah. So and then you have kids, and then you take them to Warp Tour, and then yeah. uh, and then they leave the house, and you finally have that empty nest syndrome, and you and and your significant other can go four days into the desert and trip balls at Burning Man. <laughs> so it's cyclical. It's a whole lifestyle of day festivals and then big festivals, and most of yeah. you are all in the age where you're starting to shed or starting to see a shed of uh, of people like not going to Warp Tour as much. However, I will say that Warp Tour has gotten bigger and bigger every year and has sold out more and more venues every year. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's growing much bigger. If we don't see that, then that's because we are just not in those circles of people we're just who are... Oh, we're old. Oh. Leave it to Eric just to be like, yep, there it guys go. I also <laughs> think that, 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 that there is sort of, uh, you know, like... Like, I feel like a few years ago, like, we sort of all came into the scene when, like, that type of music was, like, you know, you know, like, like really acceptable really on, on, on the radio, you know? Yeah, like, you had bands, you know, like, My Chemical Romance and stuff that, you know, I, I, I feel like that now the big thing is, you know, like, a lot of these bands that play these, you know, festivals that are out, you know, in the, in, you know, desert or delaware or wherever <laughs> i want to know who has the money to travel like i can't go to yeah fest. like you got you got I bands texas drug dealers i don't know whoever has it i have friends that like, like i mean like the big thing now is like the indie bands and i feel yeah. like you know that's what that's what kids like they're always going to be kids who you know are into like you know the pop punk metalcore whatever but i think that we just sort of came in at a time where like Literally everybody listened to you know pop punk and stuff like that because you know that was kind of you know. Can we have a side really note a... about traveling just to those things? Um, why sure. does everyone need to go to those Wonder Years shows? 
Like, stop, stop, stop. Oh, nope, you don't want to get into the subject. You don't, I, I swear to God, I, I am going to literally sell my body to the outside, and I'm going to get to see Suburbia. So Philadelphia. Like, anyone thinks I would have traveled to Pluto. I would have put myself in, 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 in cryogenic Pluto. sleep to, to travel all the way out to Pluto to make sure that I see this show. That was the original plot of Interstellar, by the way. <laughs> the Wonder Years were playing. I wish I could do a McConaughey impression. We've got to go to <laughs> Wonder Years. <laughs> got to go see the yeah. Wonder Years. No, it's not fair. No one from anywhere but Philadelphia should be able to go to that show. You know what pisses me off is that they're denying easy. Yeah, they are. They are hardcore. What do you, wait, what? Let's play all our albums except for the best one. I... I, I thought I was I thought that they were playing it with um upsides. There uh, it's uh what? I stop. I uh, I'm I thought I saw people I could trust, <laughs> like my boy Captain Crunch. My body's gonna be very, very sore oh, by, the, my, uh, by the time February rolls around. My boss had mentioned that he was going to try to do something with get stoked on it at the Barbary. <laughs> and yeah. Wait, how? What? Like, like have like a private showing of the one? It's just soupy room? and a keyboard and a synth. <laughs> just like a loud, just like lounge playing. I just meant he'd like yell a cappella and then everyone's all ooh 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 ooh. They might not be able to play Get Stoked on it because of the synth player. I mean, I guess they could rework the song. They may have not even they, played those They can get someone off the is. street to learn how to play it like that. That's they can true. get Nick Steinborn to uh, you know, learn the parts and play it on I'll his roads. Play. I'm going to play it. Play it on his roads. Anyway, so Sorry. the Wonder Years are going to make all of us cry, and we're never going to get stoked on it ever again. But we have some cool, easy core kids that are going to be doing shit, and that's Castle. We have somebody we can get stoked on. We got someone we can't. Oh, oh, Alex! Fucking report. God damn, Alex! You're gonna. <laughs> that made up for both your dead airs. Yeah. Literally, he's gonna be like the nicest person, and he's gonna see me. When I'm gonna be like, "Soupy, my biggest fan," be like, "Oh, you're that douchebag from from Babe Talk." He's gonna punch me in the face. <laughs> oh, you! You're that motherfucker. You're that motherfucker. So anyway, we're gonna jump into our interview portion of this show, and we're gonna interview our boy Troy. What's up? Our Hi. boy Troy. So, we're going to go. Alex, you're going to ask the first question. Shannon, you're going to ask a question. And then, Eric, you can go fuck yourself. And then I'll ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just in that, that order. All right. So, I kind of have two questions in one, which is sort of, you know, the first first part is, you know, the, uh, the obligatory, you know, state your name and position the band and all that, you know, fun stuff. Okay. Hi, my name is Troy. I'm the vocalist for Castaways from Southern California. All right. And my, like, actual question for you is that uh, you guys play, like, pop punk, but it's, like, very, like, easy core sort of flavored. Like, how is, like, the scene out there in terms of, like, easy core and stuff like that? Because, I mean, I feel like a lot of bands like easy core, but... Not a lot of bands are really bringing it back. Is that true out there? Because I know, yeah, yeah, I know you guys have like you know for the win and stuff like that out there in California. We have our pop punk scene is growing finally after being dead for two years. Right. And 
we, it, you can see the EZ coming back. There's us. There's a band called Shipwrecks that has some EZ influence. There's a band in San Diego called Heavyweight that if you're not listening to, you are fucking up your life. Uh, they're like, they're like a day to remember, but better. And ooh, that's bold. That is bold. It's good. Eric's Especially band and uh, Heavyweight that's... is gonna have some beef. Yeah, we've we've already we've already jokingly trash talked each other on uh, Facebook. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say that yeah. seems that that's a little okay. So Troy, my band is called Heavyweights, and we put out a record about the same time as them. And I feel like there was like a song title of theirs that was really close to like one of our. And it was just weird coincidences. <laughs> okay, there's a there's a band from San Jose called Castaway. There's Castaways, which is us. There's Ship. <laughs> And there used to be a shipwreck in Castaway. And I was joking with the dudes in Shipwrecks. I was like, hey, we should put a show together with all of us on it and just call it the Who Gives a Fuck What Your Name Is show. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. A shipwreck at Castaway was actually really good. Just kind of. Yeah, we've been peace. we shipwreck at Castaway. That was a sad day. Silence for morning of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so we have I so I was like, okay. Shanna has the next. Or, oh, me. Yeah, I, I said your name right this time. Yeah. No, <laughs> not fucking up anymore. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so you had said that it was like the the scene in California. You kind of like stole my question, Alex. Um. Uh, um Alex. But I'm going to reword it, and in so doing, add another one. Um, but. Uh, you said that it was, like, growing, but do you find being from the West Coast in, in that sort of scene, it's harder? Because, like, let's be honest, this scene really is in on the East Coast. Like, there's, like, every single band known to mankind, and seems that Soupy kind of controls everything. Like, that's why modern baseball blew the fuck up. Um, so do you think it's harder being from the West Coast? I absolutely agree it's harder being from the West Coast. And it's not just that, like, everything's on the East Coast. It's that our cities are really far apart. Okay. Yeah. Like, L.A., you could do, like, the, the East Coast tour, and it's really feasible to hit, like, ten cities and not really go that far from where you started. For us to hit the next biggest city, it's 120 miles to San Diego. That's so and then nuts. Yeah, wow. San Diego to Tucson is, like, a six-hour drive. And, I mean, if, if you really want to get into it, L.A. to San Francisco is a six-hour drive. Right. And between L.A. and San Francisco, there's literally nothing. There is there's corn and cows and a freeway, and that's about it. Okay. Huh. So, in said that, do you think it's worth, like, a band from the West Coast coming over to do an East Coast tour just for the hell of the exposure? Yeah. If you can, if you can find a way to get over to the East Coast, because it's expensive, it's to part, yeah, five miles. But if you can get over to the East Coast, it could be really big for you because we don't really have. We played a couple shows. We played a show at the Downtown Fiction to 250 kids, and we opened for the Word Alive and played to about 80, which was good. But our average shows only have like 15 to 30 kids at the most. Right. And I see pictures from like local shows, like my friends are playing on the East Coast, then there's like a hundred people there and it's like, why can't I have this? And like we we really try to like we bust our ass in promoting, we try to get our tickets out. It's just it's hard to get kids to shows. Okay. There's... That's gonna be good that's gonna be good for you though. One thing I've found that's a downside of having those kind of scenes 
where it's just like a, a basement show. Half the bands, it's their first show. The other half are just like people are just there to see the show or to be in the scene. Mm-hmm. With a lot of those those scenes, the second the venue dies out or the person booking everything moves on, or you know the kids get a little older, those things disappear. They just arrive it's a huge scene for six months and then it's dead but what you're doing you're going to build actual fans and those 15 to 30 people each show is going to add up for you and it's going to be a lot better they're going to be fans of you not the scene we have these three kids super fans that are at every single show yeah like even if we don't sell them a ticket they'll still be there and it's like oh hey cool you guys are here yeah i think they're the only people that know the words to our songs (laughs) no eric's totally right i mean Especially with like Philly basement. Wait, what? You're right. No, no wait, what? Stop, stop. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking with you, Shanana. Keep on. <laughs> Shanana. <laughs> complimenting you. I was well, I, complimenting you. I, I got a text that said that earlier in our group chat. That's unbelievable. No, I know. I do that. I do that every show at some point. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, no, but that's really how it is. It's like everyone just wants to be a part of it. No one actually cares about the music. And then there's like, you know, certain instances where bands get bigger, but that's not, that's definitely like, um, a, a, um, I don't forgot the word. Never mind. I don't know. Catching, it's like catching Blumpkin in a bottle. Oh, yeah. Lightning, God. lightning yeah, in a definitely. bottle. <laughs> so, it's, the, it's not the rule. It's the exception. There we go. There you go. So, Troy, um, do you, now this is, this is mostly just conjecture, but be, based on your band and that you're... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Before I ask you a question, I'm supposed to fuck myself. <laughs> I went out of order. I'm sorry. I apologize to Babe Talk and the uh, music community at large. Oh, okay, so um, so this is mostly just conjecture, but because of how in tune you are with the, I guess your easy core scene and uh, just uh, and your comments on the Wonder Years made me think. Do you think that a lot of those bands, Wonder Years, Citizen, uh, I'm sure there's plenty more who did this, um, and I know they may have done it for different reasons. But do you think those bands who made, like, an easy core record and then just, like, pretended it didn't exist and then went on to a different style and kind of just, like, do you think that they are abandoning their roots? Or do you feel like maybe that first record was, like, the album they put out when that sh- when easy core was at its, like, was really popular? And so they were, like, maybe then they were, like, oh, that's not us. That's just what, who we were at that moment. Or do you think they really are just like, no, we're on to the next thing? Or, or, I, sometimes, I, I'm the biggest to date member fan that has ever lived. <laughs> I hold Homesick and the fir- and for those who have heart, like, to this pedestal that, like, they're five out of five albums for me, and I don't care what anybody says. But I feel like bands that abandon their easy roots are just, like, kind of moving on. Because it, it it's maturing as an artist. Like, Four Years Strong... Like released the best easy core album ever written. Yes. Butt rock, and (laughs) (laughs) the butt rock album, honestly, in my opinion, was better because it was just (laughs) it showed them maturing as artists and showing they can do more than one thing. I guess. So I mean, I honestly I don't think anyone would ever put out a record that after a record they've already put out that they think is worse. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like. 
Nobody's Depends really... when the deadline was for their fucking advance. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I don't think it's abandoning your roots. I think it's just kind of like moving on and figuring out what you really want to sound like. And like our sound process, we started as like a real friends copy band, and then we kind of started playing some more stuff and listening to some different music when we were hanging out. And we're like, oh hey, this sounds cool. Let's try this. Let's put this into the songs. And the first song we released is like this super feelsy. Real friend style song, but there's all these like chunk no captain chunk inspired things all over it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, to- that totally makes sense, and that's kind of why I asked the question. I'm glad you elaborated to, to your own band. I mean, the band I'm in now, we started out as a Fall Out Boy copy band, and then moved <laughs> on once we once we did that. And that's, I think, that's how a lot of bands start. You just, cover you Sugar do, going down. No, we cover just a bunch of like uh, uh, "Take Us to Your Grave" stuff. Oh God. <laughs> We we're, were, oh, we're boy. super hipster follow Troy just fans. judged you so hard. Who did? Oh, Troy. Troy just you. Oh, I know Troy did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get the same thing going. Fall Out Boy. I love Fall Out Boy. Right, fine, Troy. Now, now I, I won't show you my, uh, my for radio only advanced copy of uh, For Those Who Have Heart. Oh, God. No. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I, I um I was working at a as a director of my college radio station when that record came out, and we got it in the mail, and I listened to it, and that was like I'd never heard. I mean, I'd heard heavy music, I never heard anything combined like that, and I remember just being like, because I'm not into super heavy music, and that was the thing that like turned it for me, where I could get into more heavy stuff, because I was just like, it's like they lubed it up before they just fucking dove <laughs> in with the growls. <laughs> That album, I listened to The Offspring coming into high school, and then Homesick dropped when I was, like, a freshman. And I listened to Downfall of Us All once and bought the album at Hot Topic. Yeah. I was like, oh, this album's gonna fucking slay! And then, from there, I got into, like, Born of Osiris, somehow. So, oh, man. <laughs> Offspring, day to remember, Born of Osiris. <laughs> That's too good. My, my question, actually, was I wanted to know... Um, at what point did, did was there a turning point? Because I was listening to um, the songs you guys have recorded right right now. When you were telling me that there was actually a lineup change, um, when did Castaways decide to really become a band and start making music for for yourselves? And what put a spark, or what brought you guys together to start making music? We, my drummer and I, I've known him for God like twelve years. Like he's, I spend more time at his house in the summer than I do at my own. So. It ended up just being a matter of time, and the two of us, we were in a deathcore band that I was playing guitar in, and it was horrible, and we hated every minute of it. And I, I texted him after practice one day, and I was like, hey, dude, let's start a pop-punk band. And it just kind of went from there. Nice. The, the best part is we found our lead guitar player on Craigslist. <laughs> and you guys uh, are still living today, hey. Our original vocalist and lead guitarist both came from Craigslist. And they were like best friends, and then uh, we practiced for about two months. We covered a whole bunch of A Day to Remember and Chunk and a whole bunch of other songs. And then we're like, all right, let's write a song. And we sat down in one practice and wrote Try Hard. So it was like from there, and then we wrote a couple more in, in, in like May of this year. We were asked to come play with Postseason. Nice. And uh, such a mess. So we decided to play that, and then from there we played like a show a week throughout August, and it just it this was a lot of fun. 
I think the our favorite show was that kept us. We were we were kind of getting to a point where we were like, okay, what are we doing now in like September? And we played this show called Rock the Boat Festival, and debuted like we have this super easy core song that we wrote called Oh Captain My Captain, and we're gonna film. <laughs> We're filming a music video for it soon, and I wish I had the pre-pro, but I don't have it yet because the drums aren't done. So we played that, and like people were like kind of starting to leave our set, and we're like, "Hey, this is a new song called Our Captain, My Captain," and we played it, and like the crowd got nuts. So that show kind of put the spark back in us. And we're like, "All right, now we should go record. Like we got everything we need to do. Feel like a band now." And then a week later, our bass player messaged me on Facebook. I was like, hey, I want to play bass for you. And he said, hey, okay. <laughs> hey, okay. And, and then that promoted you from, um, you, I believe you said guitar to, to main vocals, correct? I moved from guitar to vocals in, like, April. Mm-hmm. I was, we were at rehearsal, we were waiting for someone to show up for a vocal audition, and they never showed up, and I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot, and I was just kind of fucking <laughs> around. And That's my guitar, our lead guitar player was like, dude, you're playing, or you're singing now, stop playing guitar. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be honest with you, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. You are a horrible guitar player. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, it worked out, so that's fantastic. And then we had another lineup change. Our One of our guitar players just wasn't feeling it anymore. So he left, and then we moved our bass player to guitar, and then spent two months trying to find a bass player. <laughs> and around what time was that? What? What time was that? Um, between like July to September, we played we played a whole bunch of shows before like our guitar player officially left, and then we played one show with the fill in, and then our bass player took over, and it's just been amazing ever since then. Fantastic, that's great. We feel I have a like very important question about your bass player. What does does he when you when you guys you, you guys chug you guys chug a fair yeah. bit? We we do. Yeah, yeah. When he chugs, does he palm mute and do all the hits? I haven't really paid attention. He actually writes his own parts. Oh. He's a guitar major, so he picked oh, up nice. the. He was like, "Oh, this is fun. I can play this on four strings." Yeah, <laughs> I just know a huge difference in any band with chugs when that bassist is doing is doing everything the same way the guitarists are. That makes it sound so huge live, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is doing it. And it's why you're getting such a good reception. We have a nice. we have a breakdown in the new song we wrote that it's just like punch you in the face, chunk no captain, chunk breakdown, and he does palm mute in it, and it's it's the greatest thing ever. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> one of the approach tracks that I have that's really bad, and I don't want to show it to the public <laughs> because it's all it's not in time. The guy who's producing us was like, hey, I put in 808 in this uh, show, and it's just like, do ting throughout the entire track. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Alex, we can move on with your question. All right, yeah. Uh, so sort of going off of you said that you're in the studio, you know, re- recording stuff. Uh, do you have any idea – you know, when this next release is going to come out, how many songs are going to be on it, any, you know. We have a date. We're shooting for the middle of January to release well, it because we, we really want to give the producer time to, like, make everything sound really good. Right. And it's a five-song EP. And is it going to have Oh, Captain, My Captain on it? 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's the last song on the EP, and we put it there so that people have to listen to the entire thing before they can listen to the one song that they want to listen to. Because ah. the skip button doesn't. The fools, the, those fools don't know about the skip button. <laughs> no, they don't. The skip button doesn't exist on Bandcamp. Disabled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna disable everything that's like listen to this song. <laughs> Can only listen to the entire EP or absolutely nothing. Part of me wants to put it on iTunes and make it album only. Okay, buy the whole album. <laughs> Oh, like, oh, oh, you want this? That well, used to be bad. that used to be called how the music industry worked. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, shouldn't you have You can't hear that? any of it except for this one 30 second clip on or whatever, and you have to buy the whole damn thing. Oh, rip it inside those days. <laughs> did, yeah, did how was it being bit? four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was, dude younger. <laughs> Holy shit. It was pretty hard. It was it, it was pretty hard. I was, you know, a little like, you know, six year old sitting on my computer being like, Oh, I wanna listen to, you know, Hello Goodbye or whatever. Six years old listening to Hello Goodbye. Also four? You said, Yeah. No no, I wasn't four. I was like maybe like twelve or something, I don't know. Yeah, when iTunes was the thirty second clip, not the you get the entire song, why would you pay for anything? I was actually yeah. referring to the time before iTunes. There was the a time dark, before iTunes. Yeah, two thousand two any time before two thousand four. Blasphemy. You had to go to FYE and actually. I was just gonna say that yeah, you gotta put if on I wanted to, some broken if, headphones and select the album. If you wanted to find um a record that was like or an album that was like uh I mean, I, I listened to a lot of punk growing up. If I wanted to find an album that wasn't carried by either Epitaph or a major label, you'd have to go to the the DIY shitty record store and dig through. And like, you, we found every oh god damn, now I sound old. You find ev we found everything by getting like um, uh, like Punkorama comps or go kart comps oh, or man. hopeless comps when the biggest band on fucking hopeless records was Adam and his package. And, uh, and they slick shoes also on hopeless. Uh, they were, I'd have to look it up. That's a they good were on, like one of those compilations. Oh, that's yeah. cause they're a Christian pop punk band. That's like, yeah, they were on with like yeah. yellow carbon something. Yeah. The, um, well, hopefully oh. actually I, the whole biggest hopeless band was mustard plug, but I remember when, what? yeah. Okay. I'm so. Did you know? Fun fact there was a, about there was a plug. time before 2006. Fun fact about Mustard Plug. Did you know that the lead singer of Maroon 5 has a Mustard Plug tattoo? I did not know that. Adam Levine has a Mustard Plug tattoo. Did you know that the lead guitarist from Maroon 5 was going to join Real Big Fish before they started Maroon 5? I did. I did not know that. When Karis um, Flowers got uh, dropped from their major label. He was like, I'm gonna play guitar for Real Big Fish, but first I gotta I gotta try this thing with you know these guys. No big deal. <laughs> I was just trying this out my room five real fast. That's kind of how he said it. My trumpet instructor is really good friends with the trumpet player from Real Big Fish, uh, John Christensen. Oh, and Johnny Christmas! I love Johnny Christmas. I I met him at a show and he's the nicest person ever. But like. He's like, oh yeah, dude. Did you know that like all these people in Real Big Fish are like super important in the music industry, and like you never get that because they're so quiet about everything they do, except yeah. for Aaron, who literally points at himself in front of crowds of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Too. Real Big Fish. <laughs> I love him. Oh, God. oh Lord, Shannon, you got a question, love? Yeah, I'm just really thrown off about this hopeless shit. Um, 
But, um, so with the easy core stuff and, like, the pop punk stuff with Chunk and everything, do you ever, are you ever afraid that you'll get all that backlash that Chunk does? Oh, hell, well, yes. Well, and I kind of want <laughs> This is uh, not for you. Sorry, sorry, I know, sorry. I, I love Chunk, no Captain Chunk. <laughs> I do, too. I don't understand half of the shit that they get from people. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And they're not even from this country. Like, they don't even know what you're saying. I, I met well, them. Well, I mean, they do, but... No, they tell me that I have to talk slower. Every time I talk to them, they go, I don't understand you. And I'm like, I'm from New Jersey. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's I'm in New Jersey. The real hardcore band about that life is Chuck No Captain Chunk Approved. <laughs> really? Really? Our player, Paul Wilson from Chunk, shared the new About That Life song today. Wow. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell them. I'm gonna have to, to contact Aaron and Glenn. I put it on their page. I let them know. Nice. That, I, <laughs> that's pretty fucking crazy. I've met Bert like twice, and I aspire to be him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing him in that Warped Warp Tour so many years ago, and they were just like so energetic. Yeah, they're so great. Okay, dude, like, you do you. <laughs> like, I just don't understand all the hate. Like, the whole <laughs> are you ready to thing. I'm just like, I'm so done. That's my lock screen. I, I, I really think that was, like, the only stigma that was attached to, and that's what I was going to start with. I, there really wasn't any, like, shit that well, gave me from Chunk was only because, hey, dudes, are you ready to? And that's and it. It blew up, though, and everyone started, like, because of that one thing, everyone I remember the Nintendo Pop Punk group when everybody was just, like, all they would do is post over and over again, hey, dudes, are you ready to? Oh. I came yeah. in to that group in that era, and I will admit that I posted that picture, like, 200 times. Yeah. <laughs> if you were in that group and you didn't post that picture yeah. 200 Every times, someone said something really stupid, I just put that picture on their stat or on their thread. <laughs> I'm just, like, curious of how many people have actually seen Chunk Live that are in that group that make fun of them. Yeah, um, no. People that... Troy, I'm sorry. What? No, oh, no. I, 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 it's, it's you time. Oh, I don't think that many have seen them, because, like, I, I saw them here a couple of years ago, and the crowd wasn't that big. Oh, it never is. It was big enough that it was a lot of fun, and the ceiling reaction was I think your genre is a very interesting genre, like, because it does have the pop punk and it does have the easy core. It's just, I love it, because it's, it's two of the genres I actually really, really like into one, and it's just, I don't know, I've always been a big fan. We, we have a song that I wrote about a girl I fell in love with over summer, and then she, like, left and went back to college. That's sad. And it's, like, it's the first song we always play, and it's super feelsy. And then the next song we play is one of our easy core songs and people are always like, what the fuck? Where did the transition come from? Do you talk to the girl? This is sad. I I talk to her sometimes. But she wants closure on this. <laughs> what happened? Where are she now? Run to her. Run. It's okay. I'm in Los Angeles. It's okay. Oh okay. Then you're fine. Chuck has that one like real friends esque song on their new album. Oh god. Every time someone says real friends, uh Ollie's face just like literally just sick. Wait, on the on a chunk the chunk CD there's a real friends type song? Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, there is. They're actually is it like, yeah, is it like sleepy eyes and bony knees? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Let's all dance to front porch dance. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel you know so bad because Shannon, you were so in love with him, and, I, and I'm just like, no, all the no, I love every no, ever no. I love From Porch Step, and I love all of those bands. You know, deep down in my heart of hearts, I like Front Porch Step. I'm gonna do a hardcore cover band Somewhere. of Front Porch Step. It's called down. Front. Damn it, Front Porch Two Step. Front yeah. Porch Two Step. <laughs> and he's actually really nice, guys. <laughs> well, we're not getting we're not a gossip column. We're Drown. not getting that. We're not gossip column. Eric, what's your question? Really nice. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah. So. Troy, I want to know about um, how your band, like you mentioned that you wrote a song while you guys were having a practice. I want to know what your typical, uh, I guess, creative process is like when you're writing a song. Oh, God. Does someone come in with riffs? Do you guys jam it out? Like, how does it progress? RS gets really high when he's at home, and then he's just like, he'll get super high, and then he'll just record whatever he plays on guitar for like an hour and send it to us and be like, okay, this is what I came up with. That's a new answer. <laughs> Haven't gotten that one before. And then we'll like, it's it's actually how we wrote Oh Captain My Captain. He sent us this riff and I was like, hey, that's really fucking cool. Let's turn that into something. So we took that and a whole bunch of other stuff we had in our minds and just kind of threw it together and it turned into a song. And we we're sitting there playing it and like I was writing the lyrics as we were going and we finished it and the drummer looked at me and he's like, Holy shit, we should write a song. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> we Did we have know? a did you know it was as good as people are reacting to it when you wrote it? We had it? no idea. We were like, oh, this is our best song because it's the newest. We played it, and it was the first real pit we'd ever gotten. Wow. Like, we've gotten, like, pits before that were our friends just kind of fucking around, but we played it at a beatdown show. Yeah. Which, that's that's the thing about us is we don't play pop-punk shows very often. <laughs> we play a lot of, like, metalcore, post-hardcore, and beatdown shows for some reason. Is huh. that because they're not as accessible or available? Or is it, it just your pop choice? Punk shows, pop punk shows are kind of hard to find sometimes. But hmm. we had we had someone message us and be like, hey, we need a band to come play, like, third slot, no pre-sale. You want to do it? And I was like, oh, yeah, what's the show? They're like, uh, down-tuned, beat-down, deathcore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Punch Fest. We like, you we like mixed genre, though, because it's, it's fun, because we, like, lighten up the mood sometimes. There you go. And you get beat up after the show. Whichever. Yeah. No, um, we up during the show, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you is it an actual that? story? Yes. You want to tell that story? It was at the biggest show we'd ever played. We opened for the Downtown Fiction in June, and we played to, like, 250 kids. And it was awesome, because I was standing up there, and I was like, oh, these are all 14-year-old girls. I can say fuck, and they'll get really excited. <laughs> So we finished our set, like, everyone in the venue's like, oh, you guys were awesome, like, way to go, like, you opened this up really well. So during the third band, we were out there, and they're like, oh, we want some crowd participation. So me and a guitar player were kind of fucking around, and we jumped on each other, and this, like, white knight dude got super pissed off, because we bumped into his girlfriend's little sister, mm -hmm. and he starts yelling at us, and we're like, dude, we can't hear you, calm the fuck down. So the band stops playing, and we're talking to him, he's like, oh, you can't mosh at Chain Reaction, there's no moshing at this venue. And... We're kind of rolling our eyes. We're like, okay, whatever, dude. It's done. That's fine. So the band starts playing again, and he's still yelling at us, and we're like, we can't hear you. So dude sticks his middle finger in my guitar player's face as my lead guitar player comes around the corner and just sees hand and face, and he's like, oh, no, nobody's fighting me, or nobody's fighting my band. He just turns around and sucker punches the dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. That's how you do it. I, I ran into the downtown fiction again, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry about fucking up your album release show. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, it's absolute punk. It was it was exciting because we left the venue and I'm just like, we're going to Denny's, we're just gonna sit here and we're not going back in there. Gotta <laughs> think about our life decisions right here. We'll talk about this when we get home. No, you can't have a grand slam. Broke out at a. That's probably the first time a fight ever broke out at a downtown fiction show. Yeah, probably. That's that's what the security guard said. He's like, I I've been doing security for ten years and I've never seen a fight break out at a twelve year old girl show. The downtown fiction were probably thankful for it. They were like, God, thank God. Our thirteen year old brother got banned from Chain Reaction forever. How? They were like, oh, he started the fight, and he just got sucked into it and punched by some 30-year-old. <laughs> Are they really going to ban him, though? Like, is that serious? We went back, and we played another show with Stick Up Kid in Seaway, and he apologized to security, and they're like, oh, that's all we wanted. Go ahead in. You're good. Nice. So, that works. That's good, though. Yeah. Now, the final question that I have before we go into to your musical showcase of sorts is, um, what is your band going to bring to to the scene that, that hasn't been seen by other bands for like what is going to make you guys stick out in the, in the crowd Stand all of our shirts are super cliche and they're a lot of jokes but like what, Wilson. I, I don't know yeah I don't know if you've seen that but we have a shirt that is literally Wilson <laughs> I think that's one of the things we do is we bring a lot of fun to it we're not like we, we take ourselves seriously as musicians because we're all all of us have been playing music for most of our lives but we're not like we don't take ourselves seriously. I guess we're like the Attila of our local scene. <laughs> we're just playing a party. That's too good. I mean, I'm pretty sure Attila takes themselves seriously. Oh I no, Attila so. seriously, and that's what's so funny is nobody thinks they do. <laughs> really? They're like, they're. I did a business thing with Franz. I did that thing at Warp Tour, and he's like, no, I totally take myself seriously. I invest in stuff. I like. That's why I have so much money. <laughs> Like, yeah, like I see him on, on on Vine. He has like smart TVs and stuff like that. Like made a little bit of money from made. Motherfucker, from... I have a smart TV. It's not that hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> he made, made a amount of money from that show on MTV, and then he like invested it, and now he's rich. Oh, that makes sense. Also, I don't I know the prices of smart TVs happened. now. So <laughs> sorry, Alex. Just... In my bedroom, <laughs> everyone has a smart TV. I, yeah, I, have a, I have a smart TV. I just don't get to call people motherfucker in a condescending tone. I figured that was my chance for tonight. <laughs> so can we, uh... You go and take that, Eric. I will. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Well, you before know we what? wrap it up, can I, I know what episode you. of Made this was on? Because I didn't see it, and I want to look it up. It's like, it's old. Yeah, thank you. It's an episode of Made. Oh, oh. So you literally just said Made. I know it's old. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's... I don't remember what the episode's like, called. I can I look that. up just like Franz Attila made and it'll come up? You Franz Attila MTV made, you'll find it. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Really funny too. Where'd my button go? Oh, there's my button. It's still on you. Also, we have... Tony wants to let everybody know that he got a Blumpkin once. We have to call that. God almighty. Unprofessional is what it is. Should we explain to everyone what Tony? Alright, I guess. I want to rock some tunes. Yeah, alright, do it. All Rock, right. I'm not singing in, but... But yeah, would you actually like to introduce the show as I get it prepared for you? Uh, hey, Troy, what are we going to listen to soon? We're going to listen to Try Hard by my band Castaways. So don't be a fucking Try Hard. Listen to the goddamn song. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that works. All right, give me like three seconds and hopefully I'll get this going. All right. Hopefully.
the end. Something happened. Ollie, what'd you do? Where'd the music go? Where'd the breakdowns at? Yeah, I was real excited. There, uh, we, heard yes, there we heard a breakdown. No, there's there's a better one in there. I don't no, know what I meant. Because <laughs> it stopped working. <laughs> 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 But we have one that the guy we're producing our EP with, we sent it to him because we self-produced that song. And we sent it to him, we're like, hey, could you master this just to make it sound, like, okay? He's like, yeah, and he sent it back to us, and it had 808s in, like, every single part of the song. <laughs> and he's like, are you guys okay with the 808s? We're like, That's yeah, good. dude, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> All right, I think the song's good. All right, let's mute.
I played guitar on that. It took a long time to record. <laughs> nice. It's just it's nice. not too shabby. It's not. It's 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 really solid. I honestly yeah, can't wait until I start start to hear more of the, the, the record stuff. We also we changed the end of that. It is now a breakdown. Yes. Complete with China symbol and <laughs> 808 and... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It's fun. Now, when's the new EP going to drop again, sir? January something. January something. We, we will work with January something. It's All right, and something. And but yeah, like, like, like I said, you, you want to give time to your producer to kind of get everything together. So yeah, I mean, the... the Gotta get that breakdown. Into it. And he's our producer. Breakdown, right? Our producer's really good. I'm really stoked with this guy. So who's producing? His name's uh, Mel Torres from Rare Catalyst Studios. He's like, he's a local dude, but he's he knows what he's doing. He's sponsored by SJC and all these like custom companies. So. That's been fantastic. All right, we're looking forward to hearing from it. We, we love all of our guests that come on the show. And, of course, Troy, we thank you for coming on tonight's show. Yeah, thank you very much, dude. My pleasure. All right. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a, had a fucking blast, like we always do. Except for me learning new terms today. I can always go with that last. Oh, you're fine. Did you did you ever look up the Portuguese breakfast? Don't. I'm not looking up... Anymore, I told you. One Google a day for my friends. It's part so, of the okay. social balance breakfast. Should be like one Google a week. In that case, look up Portuguese breakfast in the morning. All right, guys. Slide. In that, on that note, on that note. And on that note, we're going to end Babe Talk tonight. From Alex, Eric, Shana, and myself. Good night, Troy, and good night, everyone else. Night. Bye. <laughs>